Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another installment of The Remso Republic, a great place for great conversations about everything awesome. And no, I didn't suddenly start neglecting all the email you guys sent regarding the word awesomer. I chose to say awesome, not because you all complained about me making up the word awesomer, but because that's what I want to do. It's my show. When, when you have your own program, you can make things up. I can make up numbers. I can make up words. I can make up a lot of things. It's, it's what I want to do. And what I want to do today is kind of have something different from what we've been talking about. For, for all of season one, all we did was talk about the election. No one wants to talk about politics right now. The last couple episodes have been about activism. It's been about other stuff. But I, I want to change things up because if we don't do that, we're, we're all going to go crazy. You know, the thing about political nerds is that we actually need hobbies. We, we actually need to go out and, like, stop watching the news and stop constantly staring at our phones. We need to do something that will make us laugh, you know, entertain us, give us a reason to live, if nothing else. And this is why I'm actually glad to bring up probably one of my favorite comedians. I first saw him when he came to Liberty University several months back. Um, he's just everywhere online. Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Smiley. Bob, how are you doing? Man, I am great. Thanks for having me on. I can't think of anything awesomer than uh, to there be on you your go. podcast. There you go. See, it's catching on. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Man, you're a trendsetter. You're a trendsetter, buddy. <laughs> I'm telling you, now I just got copyrighted. So each time yeah. someone says it, I can get something back. Like I just recently found out that Paris Hilton apparently in 2006 coined the term "that's hot," and now each time anyone says it on TV, she gets like a million bucks. Yeah, I just sent her a, a dime, so yeah, <laughs> she's, she's definitely watching that. I don't know if things are, you know, she's on hard times now, but yeah, she's <laughs> she, she's trolling around, making sure everybody's Somewhere. following the rules. She, she's got to make sure that intellectual property is good. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you used Paris Hilton and intellectual in the same sentence. That's that's a stretch. That's really good. Someone had to do it one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sir, um, I kind of want to get into this topic recently. Um, I was arguing with someone on Twitter because I don't have anything better to do with my time. And yeah. they, they came up with this argument that Christians, conservatives – they're, they're not funny. They're not funny. And she brought up that people like crude humor. She brings up that people like South Park. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I like crude humor from time to time. I, I like to watch South Park. You know, sometimes, you know, being at Liberty University, I like jokes that kind of just kind of push the envelope sometimes. But the thing I love about your comedy is that it's it's genuinely funny. I mean, you're, you're awesome at it. It's wholesome. I can actually listen to your shows with my parents, whereas most of the time when I want to watch something on Comedy Central, it's like, okay, I hope none of my family is around. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you often get that, I don't know, that kind of stereotype from people that because you're a Christian comedian, you're not funny or something, and they haven't even given you the time of day? Is that something that you've encountered before? Yeah, when people find out, you know, what I do, if it's not at a show, if they haven't just seen me, um, you know, like a lot of times I'll be, you know, at the gym watching people work out and they'll be like, you know, what do you do for a living? And, you know, I'll say, oh, I'm a Christian comedian. And, and they immediately you can see that they think, oh, 
you know, where are your puppets? Or, you know, they think it's not a real job. Or I had a guy actually the other day asked me what I did. And I was like, I'm a Christian comedian. And he was like, well, what? Like, no, but what do you do for money? And, you know, they just they don't think you can actually be clean and be funny. And I've I've seen that, you know, all my life. Uh, you know, basically, yeah, I grew up in the you know media world where uh, it, like all my best friends, they love comedy. And whenever I was in like sixth grade and the number one and number two comedy albums was Eddie Murphy. Um, I think it was called Raw and um, Robin Williams Live at the Met. And I never listened to those because they were so filthy, but they were like the number one. So I knew that, you know, the world definitely loves, um, you know, raunchy comedy. And to be honest, I mean, it, it gets a laugh quicker. It's so much easier. It's, uh, you know, Jerry Seinfeld said, you know, the reason why he doesn't use cuss words is because he realizes it's a crutch because, you know, he was doing a bit and he did a uh, he had a line that had a bad word in it. And then one night he didn't do the joke and it didn't have, you know, he I mean, he did the joke, but it didn't have the bad word in it and it didn't get as much of a laugh. And, you know, he said that that kind of panicked him because he was like, well, am I getting am I just getting laughs because I'm I'm raunchy? I'm using the shock value or uh, am I really writing good jokes? That's going to be truly funny. That's going to set me apart. And, um, so yeah, I mean that, that happens all the time. You know, I've, this is my 20th year doing it. It's crazy. Uh, my hotel shampoo collection is massive. Um, so, uh, I've been, uh, I just, I'm sorry. I just looked over and I saw some, ho- I'm in a, I'm in a hotel in Midland, Texas, out in West Texas. And, um, it was great. Cause when I sat down to do this podcast, I opened up my window and, you know, it's in West Texas. And so I'm on the second floor and I can see the entire town. Um, yeah, it's just great. (laughs) But, um, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, I, as I travel around, you see a lot of people, I did a show last night and there was a lady that came up and she was like, I've never seen a Christian comedian before. And I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, she laughed and had a great time and was pleasantly surprised. So I think people, they they first think that you can't do it, but when they see you do it, I think they feel so much better. You know, there's a friend of mine that's a comedian, and you know, his whole uh, motto is I, I present a show where you can laugh at and not feel like you have to take a shower afterwards. Like you know, because a lot of people they'll laugh at stuff, but then afterwards they start replaying it in their mind. And they're like, oh, you know, I shouldn't have laughed at that, or that was kind of over the line and, and stuff like that. But you know, I try to I try to give comedy to to families and you know to people coming to my show that they can laugh, they can have a good time, and then they can go and tell people, you know, some of my jokes. Hopefully not too many, but you know, they can tell my jokes and stuff, and they can tell it to anybody, and they and they feel good about laughing for you know an hour plus without you know being like, oh, I shouldn't have laughed at that, but that was funny. But I totally get it. I mean, I've I've seen some stuff. Uh, you know, on Netflix or YouTube or, you know, some, somebody will come up, um, (laughs) somebody will come up and show me something because they know I'm a comedian and they want to show me something that's funny. And, and, you know, it'll be funny, but it'll just be really raunchy. Um, you know, that happened last week and, you know, (laughs) I had to tell my pastor, I didn't want to see that kind of stuff, but, (laughs) um, you know, so it does happen. And I do agree that it's, you know, it's funny, but it's just, you know, uh, I think there's there is a way to do wholesome comedy, and obviously there is because you know I've been doing this for 20 years, and I've got a whole bunch of friends that are you know Christian comedians that have been doing it, and um, you know there's just nothing more rewarding than looking out at the crowd and seeing a whole family sitting there being able to laugh together without being embarrassed, without worrying about you know what's the next joke going to be, is it going to be awkward or you Explaining know I love what to that see joke meant to your kids. 
Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I, mostly homeschool kids come to my uh, show, so they, they already, you know, they know everything. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> they're explaining it to their parents. And, um, but they're, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's great. Like, I'll see, I'll see a 17-year-old high school kid. Say, this happened uh, two weeks ago. I was in Detroit, which is one of my favorite cities. Um, it was so much fun. They took me around and showed me how to draw a chalk outline of a body. And um, so they, when I was doing the show, it was a family, you know, just it was open to the public. And I saw a 17 year old kid sitting with his grandmother. And, you know, he was, you know, the classic like skater dude. And, um, you know, she had the Shaw and I'm sure she, you know, has all of murder she wrote on tape. And, <laughs> you know, it's like totally different generations. And they were both just dying laughing and leaning on each other and pushing each other whenever, you know, I talk about being a kid and the grand, I saw the grandmother push him. It was like, ah, oh, that's you, you know, kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, I had that moment where I was like, wow, clean comedy is very good because it, you know, it brings people together and, and lets them have a great time. So, you know, I, I know I'll always like have to, to deal with that, but I, I think I'm building a body of work that I can, uh, you know, refute some of those, those claims. Yeah, exactly. And and one of my favorite comedians is actually Gene Wilder. I was really devastated when he passed away. And Yeah, some, he was brilliant. Yeah, and something I saw online was this interview he did back in the 90s, and it was all about why did he quit? Why did he retire from making movies and stuff? And um, I, I never knew much about his personal life. You know, each time I want to learn about a celebrity's personal life, usually there's a, a dead hooker somewhere or something terrible Yeah, he's like exactly that. right. But uh, with him, it was like, you know, Comedy started to evolve, and it's like what you mentioned earlier. It turned into shock value. I mean, the thing that I loved about your show, and like I said, the first time I saw you perform was when you came to Liberty University, was that I, I kept laughing for days. I was bugging my girlfriend and my family because I was doing that so much. I would rethink the jokes that you said <laughs> and everything else. I mean, I, I loved it because, you know, I, I'm, I'm a... I'm a terrible young adult. I, I will binge watch South Park sometimes, and I'll oh, laugh, yeah. but I'll think about those jokes again, and it's like, gosh, that's that's messed up. I, yeah. I just don't, you know, sometimes it's genuinely funny. Sometimes it's like, it, it's that inappropriate shock value, and that's what, you know, Gene Wilder was facing. He's like, I didn't want to have to conform to what everyone was demanding of me because it went against what I felt comedy should be. Comedy should be something that brings people together. Comedy shouldn't be controversial. And some comedians, you know, their, their whole thing is controversial comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw that interview. And one thing that he touched on, which I thought was, um, you know, really, really smart was, you know, he said, well, where's it going to end? You know, it's just, it's going to be where each movie is going to try to top the next one. And he didn't want to be a part of, you know, perpetuating it, just getting more and more raunchy and more and more, you know, outlandish and, you know, the whole shock value. Um, because, you know, eventually after they make, you know, American Pie 7 or whatever you know, they have put out, they, you know, they're, they're going to run out of things uh, to shock people about. And, and people have seen so much that it's not shocking anymore. And so then where do you go from there? And, um, yeah, so, I mean, he, he tapped out and I really admire him for, for doing that. You know, he was he was taking a stand. Exactly. Bob, we're going to go ahead and take our first commercial break. Folks, hang on tight. You're listening to the Remsa Republic. We'll be right back in a moment. The voice of the Liberty Generation, Remzo W. Martinez. Take the show on the go by subscribing to the Remsa Republic on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and YouTube. Don't be left out. 
What are they teaching our children these days? How can so many young people graduate and become socialists? Do they even know what socialism is? Kids are learning how to preserve the environment, or are they learning how to preserve their own liberty? How about introducing your children to, I don't know, these fundamental principles that helped create the greatest, most prosperous nation in the world? I don't know about you, but when I become a parent, I'm going to read my kids The Chronicles of Kibblestan by Andrea Rand. A little bit of Narnia, a little bit of Atlas Shrugged, kids are loving this exciting saga about a fantastical land struggle to be free. Filled with humor and suspense, Kibblestan is a treat for any kid, or even adults, I mean I enjoyed reading it, it's for anyone that enjoys reading fantasy, but also it has the added bonus of introducing some basic principles of liberty as it constantly ponders the question, what does it take for a land to stay free? There's even questions at the end of each book to facilitate conversation with your children, including a student group or a book club. The Chronicles of Kibblestan by Andrea Rand is currently available on Amazon.com, or you can visit www.kibblestan.com. Liberty is worth preserving. Are you in? By the way, I got stopped at the TSA, the metal detectors, because I uh, had toothpaste. I didn't know you can't take toothpaste on a plane, but the guy was like, pulled open my bag, and he was like, what is this? I was like, that's toothpaste. What what are you, from Arkansas? (laughs) And he was mad, (laughs) because he was. (laughs) It wasn't even terrorists like toothpaste. That's what got me, right? Like, I'd understand if it was AIM or SCOPE, but... (laughs) But he woke me up to do his announcements, and I'm kind of glad because there's two announcements I never noticed until I listened to this dude. And they say, when, we got to change this. One, in the event of a water crash landing, you can use your seat cushion as a flotation device. I'm sorry, but if I'm ever in a really scary crash, the seat cushion I was just sitting on... <laughs> I love baggy pants. I got a friend that's a police officer, and he can catch gang members, thieves, so much faster now because they can't run from the cops anymore. (laughs) You know, because their belt is here. They're like, oh, it's the cops. Hurry, waddle, waddle as fast as you can. I'm like, why don't they just hide in their pants? Oh, it's the cops. Folks, welcome back to the Remsor Republic. We have our special guest, Bob Smiley. Um, Bob, I, I kind of want to change topics. It, it, it won't be seen as a real caveat, but it's just something that, you know, obviously you've been asked this question before, but I want to ask it again. I think it's beautiful when you take your act and you turn it as a way to fulfill the Great Commission and spread the gospel. And I know your audience, typically, they, they know what they're getting into. So... For the most part, you're, you're kind of preaching to the choir sometimes, but you, you continue to do it, and no one's ever asked you to do it. So my question is, where was that point in your career where you realized, I can use this talent I have, this God-given talent, and I can use it to proclaim the kingdom of Christ? 
Okay, hang on. I'm looking up the word caveat. Um, <laughs> wow, you're like a walking thesaurus. I like it. Um, yeah, well, uh, you know, I've, I've been a Christian all my life. And so in comedians, they, you know, if you're, if you're a real comedian, you re- it needs to be your voice. Uh, you need to write your own material on stage. And so it needs to be about your life. And so if I live my life as a Christian, then most of the stuff I'm going to talk about is going to be about being a Christian. And so, um, you know, I always, when I just fell into this, cause this wasn't anything that I was, you know, set out to do. Like I just, you know, got this weird, you know, like path that I got on that just ended up being, uh, leading me to doing stand up comedy. And, um, when I got, uh, to doing it, I realized my first, uh, tour was with a Christian singer named Clay Cross. And, uh, I was kind of just emceeing and, and just, you know, doing jokes in between the acts and stuff. And, um, they had these moving lights that kept breaking. And so I kept having to go up and stall. And I mean, like I said, I didn't set out to be a comedian. And so I just got this weird offer out of the blue to go do this, you know, do stand up. And so I wasn't seasoned or anything, but I was, you know, cracking jokes and ad libbing and, and taking questions from the crowd, just kind of stalling and stuff. And I had talked to a kid previously before the show started and, um, you know, he, he had, I don't know why he shared this with me, but he was kind of struggling with something. And so I was doing a bit that kind of had to do with, you know, like me being a goofy guy. And, uh, you know, I was like talking about, because I'm very thin, like I look like I went to a blood bank and forgot to say when. And so <laughs> I was, I was doing bits about being kind of goofy and stuff. And, um, you know, it just kind of dawned on me that, you know, it's cool that God's using me, you know, and I was thinking he was using me to kind of encourage that kid. And then I saw him sitting in the crowd and, and so I started talking about that message about how God can use anybody. And he, you know, know, we're all children of God and he's created us with a path and a plan. And, and so I started talking about that, you know, and my job is to make people laugh and everybody was quiet and everybody listened. And so it dawned on me, like, if I can make people laugh, I make them feel good and then I make them comfortable. And if I do that, then they'll sit and listen to anything I have to say. And so I just, you know, decided, wow, I can use comedy to promote the gospel, just like you said. And and really everybody, you know, every comedian preaches, whether they, they say it or not. I mean, you, you listen to Chris Rock, he's preaching on something, you know, he's preaching against and ranting against something, you know, Dennis Miller, same way. Like everybody, when they go up, they're talking about something they're passionate about. So they're preaching and I'm passionate about being a Christian. So when I go up there, that's, you know, I know my job is to make people laugh. So as long as I'm doing that, then I can really talk about and share any kind of, you know, experience or uh, challenge that, that I want to have for people. And so I've, you know, that's what I've been doing. Do you think that's kind of put you in a corner though? Since I, I mean, mean ho- Hollywood entertainment, it's it's highly secular, and I bet oh, you might yeah. not always be popular among certain people because they don't see Bob Smiley comedian; they see Bob Smiley Christian comedian. So they probably yeah, have those yeah. preconceived notions about you. Yeah, and they they automatically either think that um, I have some you know weird agenda or that I'm not funny. Those are the two things. And I mean, there's always going to be haters. You can go to my YouTube channel and just you know read all the comments you know where guys are sitting in their room slash mother's basement in between, you know <laughs> playing dungeons and dragons and rereading the hobbit for the 80th time not that i'm bitter to those people um, but you know the, the, you're always going to be attacked and um you know and youtube is actually a good example because anytime that i post a video 
uh, on YouTube, like just a comedy video, and it could be about anything. It could be, you know, as trite as just a, a bit about, you know, a snuggie or whatever. And there's going to be people immediately because they know I'm a Christian comedian. You know, they're going to jump on. There's a ton of atheists that will jump on immediately and just start making, you know, bad comments about me and about, you know, my kids. And, you know, so there's always going to be people, people that are going to want to tear you down because you don't agree with them. And if you don't agree with them, they view you as the enemy. Um, and so and Hollywood's a great, you know, I've got some friends that are Christian comedians that, um, you know, have worked on The Tonight Show or, you know, write for, um, uh, you know, TV shows and stuff. And, you know, it is it is a very uh, hard job because they're in the, you know, they're in the lion's den and a lot of people, you know, preconceive or judge them. I've, I've talked to them where they'll they'll walk into a writer's room and they have to really prove themselves because people already are like, oh, he's a Christian, so he's not going to be funny. And uh, so, yeah, we, we do have to kind of rise above that. But I think that kind of sharpens us. I think it, you know, I love whenever uh, atheists uh, come to my show or, um, you know, I'll have uh, I had I had two. Uh, this happened last year, but I had two lesbian uh, ladies come to my show because they they wanted to kind of protest and they called the promoter and let them know they were coming. And they were like, he better not say anything. And and so they sat down in the front row, and it was a theater uh, in Illinois, and they sat there with their arms folded, and they were just like, all right, go ahead, you know, say something that is politically incorrect. Or, you know, you could just tell. And about 10 minutes into it, they were laughing and, you know, <laughs> and, and like having a good time. And at one point, one of them shouted out at me, and so we did a little kind of ad lib thing, and it was, you know. So, uh, yeah, there's always, it's always going to, there's always going to be haters, but that makes me write better. It makes me like be ready for whatever situation I'm in. And I kind of like, I kind of like being in the battlefield. So it, it, instead of discouraging me or whatever, um, it kind of fires me up. Yeah. I, I think as Christians, we tend to be better versions of ourselves when we're under pressure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I learned that in, in uh, high school when, you know, the paper was due and I'm writing it on the bus to, <laughs> to the class and, and I wrote, you know, some, I thought good stuff. And so I was like, oh, this is, I'm, I'm good under pressure. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, bring it. It, I, it makes me a better person. I honestly think. Yeah, definitely. Bob, we're going to go into our final segment, folks. Hang on tight. We'll be right back after this final commercial break. Renzo in the mix. Renzo. Hello, my name is Alex Merced, and a great way to promote the libertarian message is through libertarian media, blogs, podcasts, videos. At libertarianwingmedia.com, it's an open-door policy for any libertarian who would like to contribute. So just email me at alexmerced at alexmerced.com, and I'll set you up as an author. At libertariansocial.com, you can have a profile, create groups, become friends with other members, message other members, and post blogs. At Libertarian101.com, you'll find several videos on pretty much any question you can think of and any issue libertarian. So check those out and make sure to subscribe to great libertarian podcasts, such as the Alex Mercedcast, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad, Lions of Liberty, and the Remzo Republic. Thank you very much. this i don't know if we have a lot of adults here but if you're an adult and you have kids find out what your kids are reading 
in the Bible before you do certain activities. I took my oldest son, Coulter, on a camping hiking trip, not realizing he had just gotten to the part where Abraham had taken his son, Isaac. Okay, if you're not laughing, you're not cramming for your final. Um, I got out of the tent that morning. I was like, good morning, Coulter. You want to go on a hike? And he was like, what? No. I want to go home. And I was like, what's up with you? And he showed me. And I was like, that's hilarious. Now grab that firewood and that knife and let's go. Folks, welcome back. We're going to wrap up the show, but first, I kind of want to give you the proper send-off. We're going to do something a little different for our special guest, Bob Smiley, today. Instead of political word association, we're going to go ahead and throw out, you know, kind of a throwback, going back a good dozen or so episodes. Folks, here we have for you tonight, Lightning Round! Bob, the rules are very simple. I'm going to throw out a question... You try and give your best response in under a minute or so. If you mumble, fumble, fail, you lose. But if you win, you win the ultimate Remster Republic no prize, which is basically ultimate bragging rights, something you can carry with you for the rest of your days on Earth. So the question is, are you ready? Yes. Did I get that right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm off and to a good start. Begin. Best homeschool joke. Um, like uh, I'm going to go with Tim Hawkins. Uh, I was homeschooled, but both my parents worked. <laughs> uh, worst reaction from a fan in your audience oh so you've heard about my dad um, yeah he doesn't laugh at all he loves to come and sit and not laugh <laughs> um, best experience while traveling to a show um, I went to uh, England and uh, it was just surreal to be standing on the countryside and little, you know, cobblestone chimneys with the smoke coming out and, and to think that I'm, you know, this far away. I don't know how far away because I went to public school, so I'm not <laughs> good at, uh, what is it, geometry? No, uh, what's the other one? Um, but ever, however far places are away. And, um, but it was cool that I was that far away because I could tell a joke. So that was probably my favorite traveling moment. Um, best prank you pulled as a teenager? Um, I, you know, my voice, I, I love doing this uh, now because I'm at the end of the tour, so my voice sounds like a man, but uh, <laughs> my is way too high. And so uh, on a basketball camp, uh, I actually called uh, one of my friends in his dorm room and pretended to be a girl he had just met and um, got him all excited to run down to the lobby to meet her. And whenever he ran out of the hallway, I leaned out of the hallway and I was like, where are you going, Michael? And he realized it was me, and he just stopped. And he didn't even look back. He just kept his head down and just walked to the elevator and disappeared. <laughs> so that was probably my favorite one. Oh. <laughs> I forgot what I was about to say. I apologize. Sorry. Um, your favorite comedian? I'm going to go with Tim Hawkins. He's my best friend, and he's definitely the second best Christian comedian out there. But uh, I'm going to say he makes me laugh more than anybody else. Your least favorite joke? Um, wow, my least favorite joke. I can't believe that's what's going to stump me. Um, I do a, <laughs> I do a joke on the tweet song where I go, my, uh, I want to be cremated, and I'm trying to talk my kids into putting me in a jar that says he earned it. <laughs> and I just think that's the dumbest joke ever. 
and people die laughing. And it almost <laughs> makes me mad where I want to go, seriously, really? That's You're going to laugh at that? You know? And so, yeah, I'm going to go with that. Oh, and that is Lightning Round. Bob, you win the ultimate Remsa Republic no prize, ultimate bragging rights. Nice, man. I don't know where I'm going to put it. Oh, you could take it with you everywhere or nowhere. The choice is yours. Um, I'll take B. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. We were getting along so well. (laughs) Um, Bob, if there's one message you want to send out to people out there looking for clean comedy, which is genuinely funny without the shock value, if you're if you could talk to just another up-and-coming comedian trying to find his voice, what's the message you want to send out to them? Um, well, that's two questions. So one, um, man, life is meant to be enjoyed. God created us you know, to, to, to enjoy life. I mean, he created us for so many other things, but like, life is supposed to be joyful. So don't you know, like, seek out good comedy. Seek out good, wholesome things to laugh at, and you know, it'll make you feel good while you're laughing at it. And then, like you said, later on, it'll give you so much more you know, joy uh, throughout your life. And so be looking for joy. So that's that's one message I would give to people. And be looking for good, wholesome joy because, you know, it, it lasts. And then to, uh, you know, comedians that are just starting out, I would say, you know, that they should give up and quit so I don't have any, you know, competition. That's really annoying when they show up. Sounds about um, right. Yeah, but, I mean, if they're going to do it, if they're going to insist on, you know, trying to take over, um, write every day. Even if they don't feel funny, sit down and write every single day. And then I think, and a lot of comedians disagree with me, take every show you can take, no matter what. I don't care how bad it is. Take the 3 o'clock, uh, 3 a.m., you know, the junior high lock-in at a church right after the shaving cream fight. Take that because every experience that you have on stage will make you a better comedian. Outstanding. Bob, if people want to learn more about you, maybe see one of your shows, follow you on social media, how can they do so? Uh, then go to bobsmiley.com, my website, which I'm sure is your homepage. And um, I'll pause while you – yeah, that's what I thought. But, yeah, I, I had to kind of pause for a second. It's like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm on Twitter, uh, you know, Bob Smiley Comic. I'm on uh, Instagram, Instagram, which is also Bob Smiley Comic. Um, uh, Facebook, it's Bob Smiley Comedy. And I'm on Snapchat. I got on Snapchat before it became popular, so I did, I wasn't thinking about it to use as a career. So my Snapchat is Bob Snapper Chat. <laughs> so not a professional <laughs> deal, but that's uh yeah, that's my Snapchat. But uh, yeah, I'm on any pretty much any social media, um, and I'm I'm posting stuff every single day. So yeah, people can get in contact with me, and I'm you know I I really am just you know a goofy guy, so I don't think that I'm above reproach or anything. So uh, I answer all my messages and emails and stuff and when people uh tweet me you know i read all that stuff so um yeah if anybody wants to contact me it's pretty easy awesome bob smiley thank you so much for coming on the program sir it's been an absolute blast having you on yeah thanks for having me on buddy yeah ladies and gentlemen something i've learned if you remember the very first episode of the show and you've been following me for a while i'm gonna admit this i have said things that i wish i didn't say I have made stances on things that I, you know, looking back now, I'm I'm a different person. I, I think, you know, I, I agree with Bob. Take every show possible. Take every opportunity and grow and do better. And something that I've kind of taken with myself doing the podcast and everything else is don't say anything you wouldn't say in front of your mother. It, it sounds stupid, but it's essentially that. I'm going to have to live with this for a while, and I want to be happy with what I create. I want to be able to actually educate, entertain, 
bring you the type of things that I'm not going to regret when this is all over. But what's one thing you could do to make sure you don't regret anything? Well, for one, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn. We're, we're everywhere. And while you're at it, leave us a rating interview. As always, you can learn more about us and keep in contact with the show at www.remsorepublic.com. And tune in next week. As always, be good, be kind to your neighbor, and be awesomer, America. I'm Remster W. Martinez. Good night. Stay connected to Liberty's Rabble Rouser on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with the latest episodes, blogs, and other available content. What are you waiting for?